A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. This is the podcast you wanted. All that all that grassroots domestic nonsense that JB loves. You you weren't you were just waiting for this. The international rugby podcast. Thing is though, JB, I think you're gonna particularly enjoy this international rugby podcast. I think I might do. Because I it's, I might do. it's not just about the rugby. You get to get stuck into some proper administration, <laughs> politics. <laughs> Well, drama. Do you know what? I'm gonna, I, I might take this podcast a little bit of a different direction that you, than you guys were expecting to start with. Oh, okay. okay. I like the sound of that. So, so we're all still here, by the way. And if you're listening to this one first, of as course, may be the case, as may be the case, because both are in your feed. This is why you need to hit subscribe. Uh, eggchasers at um, sorry, contact eggchasers at gmail.com. Love the email uh, contact that we're getting. Tons of it, and it's brilliant. Uh, Patreon.com slash eggchasers if you want to support the podcast and uh, extra content from time to time as well. And um, well, and thank you for listening. I'm Tim. That's JB, and he's Phil. Hello, Tim. Hello. Yeah. So on this, we're going to talk about the the preview of the Six Nations, and also what's going on off the field with the Welsh national team. Yeah. Well, and we we need to start there, really. We do. So I've got a Welsh adjacent story. It is definitely very Welsh. Definitely very Welsh. That, definitely that, very that Welsh. Would describe your nationality, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, <laughs> Welsh adjacent. <laughs> so I have a letter here, which I want to read. Who knows who Matthew Jury is? Don't think so. Not immediately. Former Newport Gwent Dragon? I don't know. No. <laughs> no. Idea. Matthew Jury is a solicitor who represented Ian Brum in the Gareth Thomas case. And he's written a letter which was published by The Guardian. Would you like to hear it? <laughs> yeah. Are you, you going to read the full thing? I am going to read the full thing because it is it quite is. short. Yeah, and it's have, pretty... Have you read it? I have, yeah. It's pretty it's short. I, I know punchy. nothing of this, but go on. It's pretty powerful. Short, powerful, punchy. Okay, so um, the headline here, Ian Brum had good cause to bring his HIV case against Gareth Thomas. Uh, James, Gregg's, uh, James Gregg's article, the Gareth Hughes... Oh, sorry, let's try again. The Greg James article, the Gareth, the Gareth Thomas case, proves it. No one wins when HIV transmission go, uh, goes to court 7th of February. Says that... It is regrettable that such a popular figurehead, Gareth Thomas, found himself at the centre of a legal controversy. The message seems to be that Gareth, Gareth, Gareth Thomas' ex-partner, Ian Brum, who was represented by our law firm, should never have bought his claim. He should have just kept quiet. The article suggests that Brum was just unlucky 
The impact on his health aside, we are duty bound to state that this was Brum's that it was Brum's case that he only sought to get tested for HIV because he discovered Thomas's antiviral medication. If he hadn't, he may have gone uh, he may have gone on to unknowingly pass it to others. Brum was not just unlucky; his life and his health have been severely affected. If even some of the sympathy that Thomas enjoys from his fans and supporters could be shared by Brum, the world would be a kinder place. Indeed, it is, it is my view that if Thomas, who settled the case with no admission of liability, had treated Brum with love, respect and kindness, this may all have been avoided. Following this, by the way, this, this bit boils my blood now. Following the Terence Higgins Trust declaration of unequivocal support for Thomas, Brum wrote to them to ask what support they could give him. They coldly dismissed him with the advice, call our confidential helpline. When that call was made, the operator was given the exact same information that Brum had previously given by letter. The only difference was that no names were mentioned. The advice they gave to Brum, in line with that published on their own website, file a criminal complaint. What a difference being a celebrity seems to make. That was from Matthew Jury. That should make everyone's blood boil. And I think we never need to see Gareth Thomas on it on the Six Nations coverage team ever again. Yeah, I cannot disagree with that. Like it's it's shocking. This this whole case is absolutely shocking. Yeah. If you followed this for any length of time, I mean that, that letter won't come as a come as a surprise to you. And we've not spoke about it on, on, on this podcast really. Well, because there's legal well, deli- proceedings. Deliberately so, because yeah, there are yeah, legal yeah. proceedings and yeah. But yeah, you know, what he, some of the most powerful parts of that letter, is just the different celebrity makes and how the supporters of Gareth Thomas, you know, supporting him regardless of what he's been accused of, and where is the support for Ian Brum, the the behaviour of the charity? I mean, that is what really makes my blood boil. The whole thing is absolutely horrific, and I look at how other people in rugby have been treated for much lesser offences, and you know. I just hope we. I, I hope I never see him on my TV screen ever again. I never want to hear from him. I don't want to hear his campaigning. I don't want to hear his views. I never want to see him on TV ever again. Mm. Do you know one of the things that I, I was thinking about as well, and, and it's all the people in support of Gareth Thomas. And again, we, we just got to stress he hasn't been found guilty in any, nope, no admission in of guilt. any criminal court. No admission of guilt. All the rest of it. So it's down to individuals to make up their own mind. Mm. Much as many individuals have made up their own mind on. Paddy Jackson or yeah, Stuart exactly. Olding and all the rest of it. Um, but it's just that this is one of those... The measure of an individual is... And I'm not talking about Gareth Thomas here. I'm talking about the rugby fraternity as as James... Uh, sorry, what was his name? James uh, Gregg. James Gregg was... Oh, no, the, the lawyer there who wrote Matthew the Jury. Matthew oh, Jury sorry. was saying. Is a lot of people invested a lot into Gareth Thomas for what he represented and what uh, and all the rest of it and the, the measure of someone is can they de- can they detach that 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 invest it's the sunk cost fallacy isn't it can you detach what you've already invested into that individual and backtrack from it and there's a lot of people by the sounds of it who haven't been able to separate mm. the amount they invested into Gareth Thomas and what he represented what he at, represented is exactly it and, and backtrack from that yeah mm. i mean that um it is regrettable it's such a popular figurehead it's not regret- it doesn't matter that he's a figurehead. That isn't the reason it's regrettable. It's regrettable because there's a victim. Mm. It has nothing to do with his status. And that's, yeah, that's one of the... It's, the whole thing's awful. It, it's, it's awful. It's awful. awful. It is horrible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that is powerful. You're right. 
Um, that was Welsh adjacent. It was Welsh adjacent. This is this is well in terms of the rugby. This is Welsh adge- Welsh ad- adjacent, but it could have a direct effect on the rugby potentially as the Wales international rugby players threaten a strike as a last resort. I am one hundred percent behind them on this. One hundred percent. It's it's appropriate action. Um, shall, I, shall I just briefly, and Phil, you've got mm. the detail here, so if I briefly try and summarise it as succinctly as I can, in case anyone has missed exactly what's going on, and you tell me if I've missed anything or if I've got this right. So, uh, bottom line is, for the last 18 months, the Welsh regions and the WRU have been trying to thrash out a deal for funding the four regions, and the the WRU have cut the amount of money they're giving the regions by £2.5 million, They've also put in front of the players now a contract that would be associated with this, which would see a 20% drop in in money off the bat Mm -hmm. for these 38 centrally contracted players and players in general. And also they would be uh, in a position where they have to sign a contract which says that of that 80% of their their salary, 80% of that is guaranteed, 20% is performance-related, and the players seem to think extremely hard to attain. And... If the WRU or regions or whatever decide, the player has no say in this, but they can be moved to a different region, or if it's perceived they have a drop in form, whatever that means, subjective, they can just have their contract torn up. Is that is that is that you, a, you know you know more details on that side than I do, to be honest. Okay. I, I knew the the eighty or the twenty percent drop um, and some of the other details like the, the performance related uh, the performance rated stuff. I've heard of that and the player swapping, but yeah, it just. The f- the fact that this has been going on for so long and we are now so close to next season. Like yeah, we, like technically June is the is, yeah, is yeah. when is when the new contract would roll into June, yeah, and, yeah. and there are seven there's loads of players at regional clubs that don't know if they've got a job in June and don't know that if because they will have other offers. Some or some of these lads will be lucky enough to have other offers from outside of Wales. Don't know if they would still be able to represent Wales if they took another offer from outside of Wales. So they're in this kind of this kind of limbo, this this financial limbo where theirs and their families' livelihoods are on the line because you've got an organisation that can't understand its arse from its elbow and sort things out. It is an absolute joke of a situation. So I'm, Jay, I'm 100% with you. Striking kind of doesn't come uh, normally and naturally to me. It's almost yep. like quite incongruous. I think it's a pro- totally appropriate action in this situation. It is a fiasco, this. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Are, are these players being blackmailed? Would you would you see it in those terms, David? <laughs> well, uh, look, I, I think they were blackmailed to start with. Right? I, I think that the vanity of Welsh rugby and the regions, just to expect players to come and play for you, because they are Welsh, at the so-called market value rate, which I have been speaking about for... I have no idea how long for now, but for a very, very long time. Years and years and years and years. It's disgraceful. I mean, that to me alone is a strike issue, right? And if the players had had good representation, I believe that that, that's what they should have. They should have said no to this immediately, but they went along with it. Now, there are certain things I can get on board with. So like the club swapping, I can get on board with that. If the WRU are paying a really good salary and looking after their players, absolutely right. You know, if they think that's a competitive advantage to their league um, and their teams, and that's just the structure of things, but they've been adequately compensated and well treated, well, you know, well, that's that. Maybe the way is that the compromised there is kind of like Ireland do it, where 
Geordie Murphy goes off off you go from Leinster to Ulster, but you go at the end of a season, so you've got a chance to get your kids into a new school. Rather oh yeah, than yeah, like, yeah. Uh, by the way, next week, see you later. You you cut from this team. You're off there. Yeah, I mean, anyway, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was that. Was it that I, cutthroat? I, I think it was almost. I think it was basically that cutthroat. Whenever the WRU chose uh, would decide, they could move players or decide their form wasn't good enough and could tear up their contract. Yeah, I just hate it. I, I, I just really, really hate it. Uh, they were bringing these lads back. I, I don't know who needs in Welsh rugby to see Cuthbert and North playing for Ospreys. Why? Mm. Why does Why does Welsh money need to go on those boys coming back to the Ospreys? I don't know. Why did mm. they need to go and buy Thomas Francis? Don't know. Why did Moriarty need to sacrifice a great career in Gloucester to go and play for Dragons? Don't know. Mm-hmm. And it was all vanity. And I said, as soon as I heard this, this this will end badly. And it's like the people in charge of Welsh rugby don't understand. But it's more than that. It's the whole rotten community around Welsh rugby and what they expect. It's like this entitlement. You know, you n- I didn't see anybody in the Welsh rugby universe on Twitter or anywhere else saying the Welsh uh, 60 cap rule is, uh, is going to be a disaster. What they all said uniformly was, well, it needs to be reformed. We've got to try something else. This is the reform that will save the, save the Welsh regions. And their theory was that if they bring back these big names and pay them uh, probably less than adequate money, but, you know, good mm. good money for Welsh regions. 400k, pro- 400K some, some of those players. Yeah, are. so, yeah. like, great money for Welsh regions, yeah. terrible money for the Premiership, and probably astronomical money compared to some of their academy teammates that they'll turn out yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Week week on week week in week out. Well, you could pay ten academy of players, yeah, and who are on the right trajectory in their careers. Who are for a Talupe Falatau? Yeah. So yeah. you you hear these people criticising the WRU management board, and then we need professionals, and this not fit for purpose. Is it's the fans that wanted it? It's the fans that demanded that the players sacrifice part of their career to come back, and the idiots that work in say um, Wales Online t- touting this. And certain Welsh um, uh, yeah, sort of Twitter uh, commentariat saying, "Yeah, that, well, this is a reform. Give it a chance." Well, I've given it a chance, and it's pretty much ruined. It's pretty much ruined the game. You can't disrupt market. You can't disrupt mar- market forces, and if you do, it's going to go horribly wrong. And it never grew the game. The people did not flood back to the stadiums hmm. to watch George North play, play for Ospreys or Moriarty play for yeah. Uh, I, th- I think the important point there is I think this was dreamed up looking at the Irish model. The difference being between Ireland and Wales is someone who lives in Dublin feels simultaneously a Leinsterman. Mm. Someone in Limerick or Cork feels like a Munsterman and someone in Belfast feels like an Ulsterman. Those are established areas of their their countries and uh, I think the GA in, in a sporting context, the 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 Gaelic Football Association uh, or the GAA has those already established as regions. So there's a heritage there. The heritage in Welsh rugby is incredible. And when when my brother was um, in the Bath Academy, there was a, there was a few of the lads, uh, Rob Higgett and Joel Abd and Nick went off and played a season kind of. Uh, on loan, they were still training at Bath, but they they were just getting some rugby playing for Caffilly in the in the Welsh Premier League. I was going to say Caffilly for some reason, and and going and watching him play at Neath mm. and at Newport and Newport on a Friday night, and um, 
and Neath on a Saturday evening. And the, the, the relationship that these clubs have with these communities is is deep and you rich know. and special. And to just expect Neath and Swansea fans who have generations of their families who've gone to each of those clubs and look forward to the bitter rivalry when they, when they meet in, in a game... It's- to expect them to just oh yeah you, by the way you're you're just one club now come come along and wave a flag no yeah no well do you know it's funny you mention that so before I knew anything about the world really I mean I still don't really know much much now but the Welsh Premiership not the not the Celtic League the Welsh Premiership was shown on BBC Wales and I loved having a pizza from Asda every single Friday <laughs> right <laughs> and watching Welsh Welsh yeah. Premiership and I used to know so much about. You know the Neath team, Rod, um, Rod Snow playing at Newport. Yeah, uh, Durston, the Canadian prop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Durston playing at Bridge End. Yeah. Uh, you know they had Gareth Thomas, they had uh, da- da- David James. They had this amazing backline. Um, in fact, I think they had, I think they had both the Jones boys. They certainly had Adam Jones there at one point. Uh, Neath, I used to love watching Neath. Uh, I don't know why, because they had. I do actually, because they had the first ever, well, first one I remember, tight, uh, tight playing top. Yeah, and like that logo is awesome. Yeah, and, it looks and the so all, good. The all black kit is just so cool. Yeah, it was so much cool, and I understand what they did and why they did it. But then, ever since they made that decision to go in, go into regions, they've just made a hash of it time and time again. Well, it just doesn't have that emotional connection, and and particularly so. My my solution to this would be yes, drop the sixty cap rule, or. You've got to pay the players. To, you've got to compensate them adequately to, mm. to, to to offset what they could earn elsewhere. And the only way you're going to do that with the money that you've got is by, rather than looking to Ireland, they should look to Scotland. Yeah, and have two teams, east and west. So it feels a little bit like uh, it's not. You're not going Neath and Swansea. Yeah, you're all bitter rivals. Now you're one team. You're going all of West Wales, and all of. East, mm. east well, in the south, obviously, because you're a North Walian, so mm. I'm ignoring you still. Yeah, still. <laughs> but all of West Wales, you've got Lenethley and um, and Neath and Swansea, and then you've got Cardiff, Bridgend, and, and it's Newport. It's so difficult. And it all, all two super regions where you can, you can have the international s- stars, and then you have a really strong Welsh Premiership with these old, rich clubs celebrated and funded... And they ever, they have, feed into I the super to, team. I have to stop you there. I have to stop you with that horrible word. Funded. What does that mean? Where's it coming from? I hear this word funded all the time. Rugby can't fund itself. I, you know, I hear about the women's the women's leagues. We must fund them. Yeah, you're right, women. actually. You're like, right. What the? It, it's, where? I'm putting the cart before the horse. Actually, if you had this two-region thing with international players in each, but also an overlap with some of the squads coming from, like... If if you play for Neath or for Swansea or for Lenethley, you might play for West Wales franchise. That that then will naturally, in it by its very nature, the connection between the two will raise the standard of the Welsh Premiership. I genuinely don't know. I genuinely don't know what I'd do with Welsh Welsh rugby. I think I would. I mean, they missed the boats to join the pre- the Premiership, but I mean, look at the state of the Premiership. It's not as if that's a land of milk and honey. So, uh, the URC is improving every single year as a competition. If they can carry on... Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I'm, kind not, of. I'm not convinced. Um, but yeah, those clubs and that history of those clubs is, is incredible. I mean, there needs to be... I think the problem maybe Wales has is it's looking for a solution off the shelf. Mm. Is it the 
New Zealand solution? Is it the Ireland solution? And the actual solution is the Welsh solution, whatever that looks like. Mm. But, I, but if they had to pick another nation, I'd pick Scotland mm. and let, let the big name players go off. And De- uh, Yeah, definitely. Let the big name players go and don't try and force it into four teams. Yeah. Right, I th- it's, there isn't the... There isn't the, the fan base, there isn't the yeah. geographical spirit, so, there isn't the population, there isn't, well, there isn't the talent. When the 60 capital came in, right, I'm certain... Gatlin's Law. Gatlin's Law. That there were five premiership starters who were Welsh playing for English teams. That benefits Wales, because you've literally got more fly halves than you could start anyway, uh, and disadvantages... England, because they need those starting spots. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember for life of me who they, who they were. Sheedy, Hook, Bigger, Owen Williams. Don't think Bigger had come, come yet. There might have been a weird one like Nick McLeod at Sale or someone. Who, you know, he was Welsh, but I don't think he's... Here, here's the thing, right? So uh, the Welsh players have... What, what they want is the 60-cap rule gone. They want the performance-related element of their pay gone, and they want the WRPA to have a seat at the table for negotiations. Seems like reasonable requests. If the WRU play brinkmanship and they've come out and all they've said in their statement is there is not more money, we we will not spend, we will not increase the amount of money. They haven't said they won't drop the sixty cap rule or all the rest of it. So I'm sure there'll be a resolution. But if the WRU wanted to play brinkmanship, the deadline that the players have set is Wednesday. If the WRU just don't do anything between now and Wednesday. The players aren't actually going to strike for Wales v England in Cardiff, though. This is the issue, I think. The no, I think they will. Got. You think they I really would do that? There are, there do are people whose there are people whose mortgages are on the line. Like there are like genuine financial livelihood. Do you think I, they I, actually I think, would though? I do wonder like if the they fans, would. No, they'd know what the fans would do and all those businesses in Cardiff. But the fans should support the players. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they do at the minute. Yeah, they they've got the. I think they've got a lot of sentiment behind them. I feel powerful enough right now about this to say straight I mean if I was a pl- this fan if this affected me directly I would I, I'd be at the forefront of rallying the players to strike mm. absolute forefront and I think about the premiership players during Covid I uh, I like the RPA in lots of ways I do not think that they represented their players well at, at all they should say they should have said no to the 25% decrease in the salary cap not because it was right but because that's in the interest of their members you know I the Welsh players should definitely, definitely go on strike until mm. they get some resolution. If nothing else, they need to know if they've got jobs. If nothing else, <clears throat> right, because they can't come to, come come to, to to this agreement. But then subsequently, they they should stand their ground. I mean, why can't they play across the road in Gloucester if they don't have sixty caps? Why on earth did Reese Webb, who had like fifty eight caps when he went to Toulon? have to give up his international dream. I, I absolutely hate it. Mm. I think it's awful. So, no, they uh, they should strike and they should force change because they're the only well, people that can do New it. New Zealand can basically have their own check-in desk um, uh, on, on the way out of New Zealand to Japan at the minute. Yeah, they the can. Team. They're like, yeah, go make some coin, lads. Yeah, Riku Arni going as well, well um, alongside a few others. There was some... Um, there was an article this week, maybe Rugby Pass, I don't know saying that Super Rugby has been absolutely stripped bare of its talent, uh, particularly New Zealand, and that would be to France and that would be to Japan. You can't stop market forces. You know, the best thing you can do is think of a system how you you know, how you take advantage of these things in the best possible. It hasn't hurt South Africa. Nope. Not. Well, it did for a while, didn't it? So I guess that's a, I guess that's a really personal point, Tim. 
which is it really hurt South Africa for a long time when they had what seven hundred reg- or three hundred registered players in, in Europe. They, they probably still have the same number. Yeah, but they couldn't get their act together for whatever reason. Yeah, and now they've realised actually you've got to <clears throat> let the guys go wherever they want and let the boys play. Yeah, South African yeah. players seem to want to come back to South Africa anyway. Like, there's a lot of lads moving back to Sharks and Stormers. It seems to have, I don't know, their inclusion in the URC seems to have turned the corner a bit there. But you've got to work out, look, this is the situation on the ground. This is, the, this is how the money works. How on earth do we make it work for our national team? And the answer is not by blackmailing your players and treating pe- pe- you know, people the way that they have been treated. Now, on this, if, if they do strike, I saw something, something was sent to us... Um, on our little Egg Chasers um, Vets team WhatsApp of this snippet from a WRU um, statement. Now I'm not, I can't, I've not actually seen this statement outside of that snippet, but so I'm not certain if it was real or not. But that that snippet said, "Oh yeah, if, if the senior players strike, we'll just merge the under twenties with the, yes. the senior squad and play them." Which, I mean, it's the only solution they've got, but it's a ludicrous solution. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't actually know if that is a real statement. No, I think it is. But if if it's not, even if it's not a real statement, what other options do they have? Like, <laughs> there's there's only so many professional players uh, in but, Wales. But if they play the game with with anything other than a, a Wales team, then all of the fans are going to feel completely cheated. Oh yeah, and yeah. We'll People be demanding paid their money back. 150 quid a ticket. Yeah, I mean there might be. <laughs> I'm not buying a train ticket until I know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I just have a night yeah. out in Cardiff. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it is a bit of a farce, and it's kind of farce on top of um, yeah. the loss in the first two games, the hammering to um, Ireland, well, the hammering to Scotland. There's an element, I don't think it's got, I think there's the, obviously it's a period of change and stuff, but there is an element where I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not saying it explains the all of the poor performance, but if this is all going on, it like, oh yeah, you can forgive the performance hundred percent because you know this. Like you've been in squads, and when there's a little, when the squad's not quite right, or there's other stuff going on, it, it massively rugby is one of those sports where that gets magnified massively out on the park. Hundred percent, and it's it's actually remarkable that Wales because while this issue is probably the most extreme we've seen. It's not unusual for there to be some drama behind the scenes and players not knowing where they're going to be playing and how much they're going to be getting paid. And in the past, certainly under Gatland, um, in his previous tenure, it was always like a unifying force that kind of guided them forward. And like in the in 2019, um, is it 2019 they won it, won the Six Nations. Anyway, they just it's always they won worked it in 2021. They won it in 2020. Did, did so, with, yeah. yeah, did Pivac win his I first? I think Pivac won one, yeah. Or was that was that when it got played in... I can't remember. What, I can't remember. The COVID. Was there a COVID sort break? Because only half the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And only half got concluded. Oh, that's right, and it got concluded later. Or did it get concluded? Did think, it, we actually finish it? Yeah, I think they did finish it, and Wales won it eventually. But yeah. it's all, anyway, it's all a mess. It um, is. It, it certainly is that. Yeah, it's definitely that. Oh, right. dear me. And it's also remarkable that Ospreys have done as well as they have in the Heineken Cup, being as half their squad don't know if they've got a job in five months. Rem- just- yeah. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Bonkers. That is remarkable. Uh, as for as for the <clears throat> rugby itself, JB, if you were in Warren Gatlin's shoes, he went he went from Dad's Army to get the kids in. What would you do? What would you do for this game? Assuming everyone's available, uh, I simply don't know. Is the answer? I simply don't, don't know. Uh, well, his contract is till the next World Cup. Uh, I'd be tempted to um, right off this one. Yeah, uh, raise do a, do a Borthwick. Yeah, basically. Uh, raise the building, salt the earth, and shred the records. That's what I'd be looking to do, and start again. The, the young lads did seem to do. A, I mean, you what? You watched the game last week, and the commentary team were, you know, full of praise for the young lads. I can't say that I agree. Really, I mean, yeah, some of them had individual okay efforts, but as a team, they weren't. They, they weren't. They weren't cohesive. Um, yeah, there's almost like there was the. Um Exactly as you said before, you you judge young players based on what they could be. So you, when someone has a, a competent performance as a youngster, you you over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's going to happen is. next if he's competent yeah. now? Well, imagine him in three years' time. Yeah, he just stays competent. Yeah, um, yeah whereas we do this, we do the same thing in reverse for older players, and like every time, Alan Jones say, uh, knocks a ball on or is a second too late at clearing a rook or whatever it is, we overweigh that. When it's not always correct, like just look at mm-hmm. Mike Brown in his yeah, performance yeah. this week. I think it's going to depend, right? What has Gatland been doing for the last six months? Because if he's been studying his Welsh players, and I have no idea if he has or not. I, I genuinely don't, don't know. I don't know if he's been... Well, he's, he's been working in New Zealand, right? Uh, he was at Chiefs. Yeah. So I don't think he's been watching much Welsh rugby, but I, I don't know. Maybe he's very switched on to it, maybe he's not. Mm. He was, not, he was a pundit for Amazon on the um, on the Autumn series, so he's, he was over for those. Mm. Well, he's going to have to work out what he's got. And once he works out what he's got, he's going to have to work out what style of rugby he wants to play with those players because he isn't as one-dimensional as people think. He will make the team fit around the players that he has. That is the beauty of Gatland that always has, but also, always has been. Also, is was Gatland and Edwards a it, the ticket, not Gatland? For sure. Plus someone. Yeah. Or, or some people. Was it... Um, Rob Howley that was the puppet master yes <laughs> just pulling the strings on those two I mean who, who it's, knows? It's, poss- it's, it's not impossible well he's not done great with the Chiefs <laughs> uh, so I don't know well, but a yeah, win he, against England will will change the mood dramatically they're not beating England but in, in, if England cannot beat this Welsh team with all of this going on then Borthwick's got big problems Borthwick out get yeah. Eddie Jones got, got back, to go. Jones got back. To go. he's got to go um, and that's not that's not arrogant and hubris. That's just like if England. No, I think England absolute, have to, England have to win this right. game. England are in much better shape than Wales. Much better shape. You know, the, the, Borthwick's got the core of a team. Um, I, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the last days of Eddie Jones, but that is a team. 
what Gatlin's got is well, it's a complete reinvention. They're starting from absolute ground zero. It's very, very difficult. Uh, right, so let's talk about the England back row then. Because we, 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 we touched on this in the other podcast and said, right, we should save this. Because you're, 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 the point that you made, JB, is that ridiculous levels, ridiculous options. I don't know what you... I can't, I can't pick a starting back three, uh, starting back row. No. So, the, so the back row this evening, there's been two announcements. Yeah. Tom Curry's in, yep. ben, ben Curry's out, and Great. Co- Courtney Laws is in. Here we go. Is Ezekwe out? Uh, is Ezekwe still in? Yeah, is he crystal? So the the back row options. This is the full the full pack in alphabetical order. So players that could play in the back row, Chesham, although he will probably play lock yeah. tired lock, Curry, Dombran, Ben Earl, Ezekwe, but he'll probably be second yeah, row cover, right. Itoji, but he will probably be in the second row, Courtney Laws, Lewis Lublum, Sam Simmons, and Jack Willis. Right. So you've got some tasty oh, options there. Dear. I think... So Tom Curry scored a try on his return. Was that his first game back? Yeah. Yes. So... I think he won't start against Wales. He might not. So... Let's go with... Wow. <clears throat> we've had Jack Willis. Yeah. We've had... Uh, Ludlam started both games and Dombrant started both games. We've yeah. had one Ben Curry and one Willis start. So I would, I, I think you should persist with, persist with Dombrant. I but, agree, but, but I think JB disagrees. He's getting close to if if Dombrant is relatively quiet, and I'm willing to give him time because I think his upside is great. But Ludlam's played so well, and Willis looked really good. So I'm saying, if I had to think about making a change, it's Dombrant gone. And either Curry uh, Curry comes in at eight, oh, at at six, and Ludlam goes to eight, or Laws comes in at six and Ludlam goes to eight. I don't think I change. I think I go with Curry, Ludlam, Willis. That, that's what I do. So Don Brandt goes out. So Ludlam at eight, or Curry, or yeah, Curry at eight. any of them really? I mean, I think that's Willis three. That's three sevens, basically. That. Yeah, but they're absolute but, hey. bangers. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I love the violence that Ludlam brings. I. It's weird. Last week we spoke. Extensively about the back row options, and we never mentioned him. But he does really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So he could be. He's had two good games. Definitely. Yeah, he could be like the sort of the unsung hero that just does so much. But he's not really. He's not an unsung hero. He's not like a grunt man as such. He carries hard. Like I, I think actually with that supporting. Oh, what about Ben Earl though? Yeah, Ben Earl's good off the bench. Ben Earl's just good. He's he just good. good. So I'm going to say with Ludlam as an eight option, I'm going to say answering the question on Tom Pearson, who I love. Mm. Sam Simmons, I, I go Tom Tom Pearson in, Sam Simmons out, because Ludlam is an eight option. Mm-hmm. You've got Ben Earl as a potential eight option. Tom Curry could play eight. So my point I was going to make in the last podcast about Tom Pearson is that you, with the England back row, because it's so stacked, the only way you know if a guy's going to improve the team is if you play him. Because at the moment you've got these guys who are undroppable. And it did look to me as if Willis is more effective for England than Tom Curry. Now, obviously, you can play them both because you've got two, like, two, two flanker spots. Yeah. But the question is not who is the better name or the bigger name um, on paper. It's what do they do in the England shirt. And then with the back row, the only way you're going to find out is to, is to play them. I'm pretty certain if you put Pearson into an England shirt, he'd be absolute dynamite. I mean, I don't would, know that. Yeah, he would be. But you, you need to find out. And the, the best way to pick the England uh, back row, I think now, is just to give lads a chance. And if they keep that shirt... 
well, it's going to be very, very difficult to replace. Mind, mind you. Well, t- t- there isn't a lot of yeah. time before a World Cup, which is why, actually, you've got to hit the ground running, which is why I'm saying Don Brantler better. Still not where I want him to be. Ludlam has been great two games straight. So at the minute, I'm going, Alex Dombrant, I need to see something against Wales. Mm. Otherwise, not that you're, I'm not saying you'll bomb you out of the squad, but exactly as you say, I'm I'm putting someone else in because the World Cup is fast approaching. Yeah, what was my view on, on Dombrant last week? It was something along the lines of, give him more game time so we, so we know that he can't do it. Yeah, I, I was, you, you were, you, I think you said give him enough rope to hang him. Yeah, because I don't think he'll do it. So I... I'm probably more on your side of the spectrum, Tim, where I think his upside is is so good. That, and I think he will get up to speed because he's such an intelligent player. Um, I would I would persist with Don Brandt. Uh, I'd, I'd persist with Willis as well because he had a great game last week. He's such a talented player. Last week was against Italy, so yeah. you can't really make long-term judgments against beating Italy. And then Ludlam, I, I don't think you can drop him because he's played no, so well. I agree. And that's with... Tom Curry, who I think is absolutely sensational, and Courtney Laws coming back. So I, even though Courtney Laws is um, vice captain and Tom Curry's British and Irish Lion, I'd probably keep the back row the same. And then if I was going to change one, maybe Ludlam for Curry. But I think you, you've almost got to earn it. Yeah. And you've got, what, Laws and Curry on the bench? or what? But you, you, still, you still want Ben Earl on the bench. Laws and, Laws and Earl on the bench. Could have laws because he can then cover, cover a second, second row. row. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably do that. Laws and Earl on the bench. That does feel harsh on Curry. It does. And it feels harsh on. Is he? That's great though. That's it's great. It's, it is. But this is the this is the perennial problem with England that there are so many options that you rarely get anyone getting the forty fifty caps that you want them to have, and you very mm. even. More infrequently, you get combinations of players getting long-term uh, stands together. Yeah, and that's one of the things that Stuart Lancaster was so keen on. And yeah, it didn't yeah. work well either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he... There was this correlation causation, like, yeah. fallacy with, with Lancaster, which was, if we just get everyone to 50 caps or 60... If we hit this, every team that's won the World Cup has 800 caps. Therefore, if I get a team... That, we, that has 800 caps it will win the World Cup which is it's putting the cart before, before the horse yeah it's quite astounding actually thinking about it you, you've got to have the right team that will then with the combination of caps yeah. become a potentially yeah. will beating team yeah that, basically you turn England into Scotland there's also there's also the um, survivorship bias that well what about all the teams that had 800 caps that didn't win a World Cup like what about the South Africa team that lost to Japan? Yeah, that had a million caps. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Multiple French teams, multiple Irish teams. Yes, all the Irish teams. Yeah, yeah. Every Irish team, because every, every Irish team will have had loads of caps because they have. Th- they always have that consistency, but they've n- they've never got past the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Probably of more interest, even than the back row position with England and those players coming back in is the presence of a certain George Ford back in the England squad. And Phil Phil said a while ago, do not rule out George Ford starting being England's starting 10 in the World Cup. I think we've, we have all had those thoughts. JB is definitely back forward as well. Um, yeah, so the two changes, well, two players coming in in the back line, 
One one boy out, I think. Hassel, Hassel Collins is injured. Hassel Collins is injured. So um, Murley's back. Murley's back in. Uh, Tua Lange's out. Dingwall's in. Dingers is in. And George Ford comes George in George Ford as well. comes in for Finn Smith. Mm. And then the rest of the back line, I think, is unchanged. Could you, England starting 10 for the World Cup? What are, you, what are you saying right now? Owen Farrell, probably. Yeah, I, I tend I to agree. England's second choice 10 for for the World Cup. Probably George Ford. I think so as well. Although I do like, there's something about unloading a bench that has Alex Mitchell, um, Marcus Smith. Ben Earl. And, uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Ar- Arundel. Oh, uh, yeah. Ben Earl. Earl um, Mitchell Smith Arundel. Yeah. Off the Not bench. Not bad, is it? That is exciting. Do, do you know what they're missing? They're missing four absolute colossal monsters. Yeah, well, Courtney Laws is one of them. Courtney Laws could be one of them. Or do you want b- bigger than that? Bigger. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's the front It's the front row. It's, we come it's back to it, it's the front row. Front the front row is not good enough. Will Stewart has come back in. Yeah, that's um, better. He, he's certainly a big boy. Um, other than that... Well, Marla yeah. is a, a guy I love. Yeah. So Marla coming off the bench would be class. So Tom if, Dunn would not be a bad show. If, he's if, in the squad. He's in the squad. If Val Rapava Ruskin is one of the people that Steve Borthwick hasn't included because of this, he, um, the, the size of the squad, then that is a boy that I want in because that that is a colossal man. Yeah, over Marla though. Uh, well, he's the best, this season. Rapava Ruskin's the best loose head in the Premiership for whatever that. He is good. He's very yeah, good. Yeah, he's been Marla's Marla. If yeah. he was Welsh, he'd have forty caps. Yeah, that's true. At least. Well, I mean, look how many caps Thomas Francis has. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, now I, I think Marla is a genuine world class player. That's the guy I don't mind coming off the bench. So it used to be pretty. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. It was, uh, was pretty straightforward. Um, Mako, Marla, Genge. You know, you've got some good good loose head options. Is a tight head really the, the problem? Hundred yeah. yeah. percent. The tight head is absolutely the problem, which is why Dan Cole is the second best. Um, yeah, tight head in England. Or third probably. James Harden can't be a million miles away. Well, also, if like if I were a young, really good loose head in England, I'd be looking at Andrew Porter and going, hmm, and looking at the England yeah. chart and thinking I could make a whole lot of cash. But you know, if players I are change side. Players are really conservative when it comes to this. So I have this conversation with so many players. Um, why don't you just move positions? I'll give you a great example. Like Leicester had no centres. Manu Tulangi was was out. So, well, why is no one putting their hand up in Leicester? Like, there'd be loads of boys there on less money than Manu. In fact, everybody Everyone. is on less money than Manu. And he's out, and he's never coming back, basically. <laughs> and nobody could put their hand up to say, yeah, give me a go in that 13 shirt. Yeah, I play wing, or I play 12, or I play 15. Convert me. Convert. I'll do whatever you want in that shirt. There's, there's an opportunity there. They didn't do it. The players are uniformly the same. They like what they like what they know, and they don't like to surprise coaches with new bits and pieces. They need to wait to be approached by by, by a coach. There's an argument right now. Andrew Porter would be the first person on a Lions squad list because mm. he, he does everything. Because by his very presence, the coach gets to pick an extra player. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah, if you're a young English loose head, <clears throat> get honest, genuinely work on move it across. Yeah. Of course they won't. No. I, I told Carl Ferns multiple times he should move to front row now. <laughs> Look at the size of him. He looks like... He's big enough. Like six foot three. 
huge man. Just gave you a flat no. But I'm an eight. It's like, yeah, but you're not, you can't be an eight forever. Yeah. Like, no, just, just no. Just no. It's like, you, you could do it, though. You could do it and you could you, double your money. Well, if you, want to be a prof- if you want to be a professional rugby player, if you want to go and absolutely dominate playing back in Liverpool for, like, Wal- Furs with Walter Lou at number eight. A guy like that is strong enough. He's, he was, he's like, enormous. In France, he was he's listed at 130 huge. kg. 130 kilograms. He's enormous. He definitely... You could definitely do it. And, and, and then you've got to carry through. He's, well. he's been trained as an athlete for 15 years. He's been trained to be strong and manhandle large men for the last 15 years. Yeah, you've got to carry throughout. You know, uh, as he gets on in his career, he's not going to be the work, like the work rate guy. But he, as a tight prop, who cares? Mm. So, you know, there's loads. There, there are loads of players up and down the league that should be looking at moving around. Loads Who, of them. Who's done it successfully? Ash, Ashley Johnson. Late in his career, okay, oh, yeah, yeah. Good got shout. a few, few more years. Good shout. I always like um, John Schmidt, one of the all-time best hookers. Then just moved across and became one of the all-time best tatted props. And loose heads, just because he could. He started all three front row positions. For he? Wow, wow. That's that's just smart business acumen. You do it every day. <laughs> you do it every single day. It's like it, it, I get when amateur players say, "Yeah, I can't really move across." Well, that's because we only train once a week. And we don't. I mean, we're not doing scrimmaging. If you're if you're at practice every single day, what is the excuse for you not being able to play every single front row position? Less successful, excluding um, front rows. Richie Vernon Richie, moved to centre. Yeah, 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 yeah. That wasn't a good one, was Eight it? Eight to thirteen. Um, Mind you, he did still carry on playing professional rugby. He did. Yeah, for a long, long time. He just never played. He was a good back row as well. He was so fast. Yeah, Alex Gray. That's great, yeah. Centre, number eight, tight, wing, winger. Tight, 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 tight end. end. Tight end, yeah. Um, I tell you, I've not heard anything off recently. I don't even know if he's still playing. Christian Scotland-Williamson came back. He's at Quinns, isn't he? Yeah. Or he was. He was, he but I've not Quinns. heard a single thing off him no. since he's been there. No, yeah, that's disappointing, because his, his highlight reel and his attributes were top draw. Well, his highlight reel got him a gig in the NFL. Who yes. was the and, guy and who annihilated <laughs> Yeah, who did he annihilate? Alex, somebody. <sighs> Alex, he's a flanker, and he nearly died. <laughs> what was his Here's name? Listen. Hit. Must be a video. Yeah. Alex Reader. Alex Reader. Alex Reader from Rotherham That's to Wasps. Boy. Yeah. I've got it. No. Oosh. No, you don't. <laughs> Chop shut. What's what's the, what's the better hit? That one or laws on police on? Oh, laws laws hit on police no, on. That is a better hit than laws on police on. Well, he's like, Let me have a look at that there. one again. I've, I need to see. Yeah, it as, as a back row, it is a back. Police row. on is a tiny man. Police on is. A, Let me see it again. Police yeah. on weighs about nine. The way that look, laws ragdolls him. Oh! Um. <laughs> No, boom. boom! Great hit that. Great technique. If the guy hadn't, if the if if his Worcester teammate hadn't just been like a speed bump on Alex Reader just before he smashed him, he wouldn't have hit him at quite yeah. as, quite as big. Yeah, but he did. But he did. <laughs> awesome. Alex Reader was a good carrier too. I I, I think the police on police on hits better. <laughs> the way that police on's body folds in oh, half God. and then rebounds. Oh, do, he do what makes me laugh is like how sort of armchair analysts categorise things. So there is a whole video analysis on Courtney Law's uh, tackle technique and they called it the elbow tackle 
Because he targets the elbow, elbow height. So he's hitting the elbow, he's hitting the elbow. But the thing about Courtney Laws is, is when he comes off the line, he's always targeting the elbow. It's like, bloody hell, yeah, you're right. So I asked him, I was like, did you target the elbow? He goes, nope. <laughs> he just goes at <laughs> the height that's it. most advantageous to <laughs> yeah. hurt people to I, the maximum amount. I just tackle people. Uh, okay, so it's not really the elbow. And then the elbow tackle doesn't really exist then. Nope, not at all. I think, I think there's something targeting the ball. Targeting the height of the ball because if you get it right, you stop the pass as well. I think Courtney Laws just happens to that his perfect sweet spot height. It just happens to be the height that a lot of people would carry a ball. Oh, how old his police on? He's dead. Yeah, we just got the uh, the hit on police on. He's really police on fighting. Who's he fighting? Everyone. The world. Nice kit that as well. That French kit. That French kit is lovely. Oh, it's lay. It's nowhere near as good as a reader hit. Oh, it's, such it's so it's, it's it's deliciously violent. It's so violent. Oh, whiplash. Oh, God. But it's no. Reader's going forward. Police oh. not even looking where. It doesn't even see Laws. Yeah, yeah. Right. It is a, it's a different kettle of fish. A uh, 17 stone back row running towards you compared to a 9 stone scrum half slash fly half who's off, offloaded the ball. Yeah, retreating. Yes. Courtney Laws is frightening. Mm. Love Fix, it. Fixtures this week. Yeah. So we have got on the Saturday the first kickoff two fifteen is Italy host Ireland beat down. It will be a forty point win. I would. I Ireland. would. I, I with the greatest of respect to Italy, I would make some changes if if I were Andy Farrell. I would, just a few. But I would give a bit more game time to Ross Byrne. Leave Johnny Sexton. Mm. Oh, and Ty Burns out. Ty Burns out for out the rest for of the, the season. Six nations. Possibly. Yes. Wow. That is yeah. a big blow. Yeah, that is awful. Yeah. Big blow. Uh, actually, I don't know if it is the season, but it's a significant it's, apparently a yeah, few months. It's definitely Six Nations. He might be back for semi-finals. Right, finals. So, Ireland, then Wales, Eng- Wales, England is the quarter to five kickoff. England have to win. Have to win. England will win. I think there's going to be fights in this. I think it's going to be feel really old school. Mm, I'm so I'm really looking forward to it. You're going to be there. Yeah. And then on Sunday, so are we all saying England? Yeah. Come on, yep. England. And then on Sunday in Paris. Oh, I'm so looking forward to this. France, Scotland. This is the best game of the This will be the weekend. best game of the weekend. Yeah. yeah. Scotland. This is in the right this weekend's in the right order, unlike last weekend when Ireland Agreed. France was first. This and is the order it should yeah. be. Scot- Scotland unbeaten, two five point wins. So they're level on points with, with Fran- Ireland. France haven't played well. The the nope. veil of invincibility is gone. They lost their first game in fourteen. They didn't play brilliantly against Italy. The World Cup is fast approaching. They will be under some serious pressure. We're going we're to see what this French team's made of. And when this this French, not just this French team, any French rugby team, if they're playing in France and things are not going their way, the crowd turns on them. You hear the crowd get fed up and start booing Chat, them. Yeah, getting chatty. And I can I can see Scotland knowing that. Bit of magic from Finn or Duan or Calstein or Hugh Jones or Tuipulotu, any of those boys, and you can see the. I think Scotland are going to win this. The word is what um, what you suggested happened at halftime in that amazing England comeback that they probably should have won at Twickenham a few years ago. Yes, when Finn said, "We've tried it your way, now do it my way." There's there's a lot of chat around at the minute that that's basically what. Not that that's happened, but actually Gregor Townsend has actually, and again I. I something I said at the start of this podcast about it's important to recognise it was in the Gareth Thomas thing if, if you were his massive advocate to be able to stand back and go actually do you know what I've changed my mind 
because I new information has come to light. Gregor Townsend apparently, well, the word is, has just said, Finn, it's your, te- it's your team, go. Ooh. Ooh. And if if he has done that, then that is I can't, then it just makes for an even more fun time watching Scotland. It certainly does. Now, now, did Finn play for Racing this weekend? No, he did not. He was did he not? Mm. Oh yeah, that's interest. That's an interesting one because they I mean, dual loyalties there. Yeah, absolutely. They really they should be saying no, Finn. You're yeah, actually you're, you're in the meat grinder. You're starting tighted prop this week. Finn. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you think Scotland are going to win? I do. Wow. I, I, so I, I I called it two years ago as well. I actually had money on it. It wouldn't be quite a lot of money. Um, Scotland away in France two years ago when they won with a, I think it was last minute I seem to remember that was a rearranged game on a Friday night wasn't it yeah was that re- yeah it was a night game it's definitely it was a night def- game definitely a night game it yeah. rearranged I think I think Scotland can do it I, I, re- I really do I think they've got the they've got the personnel they've got the form whether they will do but I think they can do I th- I can't see past France, but I love it. Oh, that'd be so good. Cause if if Scotland Island was a Grand Slam decider the, in round four, rather mm. than because uh, Scotland finished with Italy, don't they? Do they? Yeah. That so was- Scotland have got France France away, Ireland at home, and then they've got Italy somewhere. Italy at home. Yeah. Oh, that'd make round four spicy. Uh, the flip side is if if Ireland beat Scotland, then they're playing England on St Patrick's Day weekend for, for the Grand uh, Slam in Dublin. In for Dublin, a, yeah, for a, for a Grand, Grand Slam. Slam. Unstoppable. Yeah. Oh man, I'm excited. I'm so excited. I, I I think I make this point every year. It feels like I do. I would do away with one of these two rest weekends in the Six Nations. Yep. I would keep one. I'd keep the second one, but you don't need. You don't need two rests for five games. Nope. One rest weekend. Condense it a little bit. Free up some room somewhere else. Do you get rid of all the rest weekends? Um, I I don't mind one. Well, it's, just, it's just five weeks. In between in between round three and four. In fact, I'll it be might even be better for the players to have two rest weekends after the no, Six Nations. No. Well, let's, let's mm. say... No, let's just say Scotland uh, beat France. Mm. And, and you've got you've got Scotland v Ireland in, in two weeks' time. That's... That just helps. That just does a little something. So I think between round three and four, a rest week sounds good because then by then you've got some storylines emerging. You've got real substance on the games mm. in round four. Yeah, two, two weeks to build up to that. Go on, have a rest. Yes. Have a rest now and let the juices let 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 the fixtures marinate for a little bit. Yes, but yeah, you should play three games on the bounce to start. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait for for all the talk of all the. Rubbish the we've got on about off, off the pitch. The stuff on the pitch is absolutely marvellous. Mm. Agreed. Can't get enough. Right, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.